I can't wait to introduce you to Darlene Holly. But before I do, I'd like to invite you to set this intention with me. When I honor my true self, I allow myself to shine. This episode is all about how to be your most authentic self, even when it doesn't look the same as what everyone else is doing. Let's go meet Darlene Holly. Welcome to the Handle Everything podcast, where people who have a lot on their plate come to learn how to open doors to opportunities by handling it all in a healthy way. I'm your host, Tara Bradford, a former ICU nurse turned executive coach. I'm here with Darlene Holly, a mother, wife, connector, and dream builder. She is also a brand and business clarity coach and the founder of DarleneHolly.com. She helps ambitious, heart-centered online entrepreneurs who are struggling with building a successful personal brand and business. They're afraid to share their unique life story, but know they need to stand out if they want to build an authentic and profitable online business. She helps them build a solid brand foundation so they can share their message with the world, attract dream clients, and have the impact, freedom, and flexibility they desire. Welcome to the show, Darlene. Thank you so much, Tara, for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm excited too. And I start off every episode by asking, how full is your plate? Can you give us a quick peek into your day-to-day life? Yeah, so my plate seems to be pretty full these days. Like you just said, I'm a mom and a wife and I have four kids. So just family life can be insanely busy and crazy. My youngest is five and in kindergarten and he's a son. So three boys and then my daughter is eight. And then I have a 14-year-old son and a 24-year-old son. So I'm not momming as much in my adult son's life anymore, but I'm definitely always worried about what he's up to and what trouble he might be getting into and making sure he's okay (laughs) because he's off living his own life. So a lot of my time is spent being a mom. And then I also have my own business where I work with online service-based entrepreneurs to help them grow their business. So I spend about 25 to 30 hours a week in my business. And then I also volunteer a ton as well. I'm on the board of my younger two children's school board for the PTA, where I help with membership and making sure that all of our events go as planned. And then I also volunteer with SCORE, where I mentor some of our local clients to help make sure that they're starting up their business on the right foundation so that they can create a business without all the struggle and worry that some of the entrepreneurs get as they start their business and start running it. So I'm volunteering a ton. I'm running my own business. And then being a mom and a wife obviously takes up a ton of time as well. And I have a chocolate Labrador who likes to go for walks and to get out to play. So you know how the dog mom life is too. (laughs) I do. So how do you handle everything? It sounds like you have a lot going on. You just kind of do it, right? Like, I don't think that I ever think about how I'm actually handling it. I feel like it's just my life and I love it and I try to make the most of it. And every single day seems to be a little bit different or a little bit more crazy. It just kind of varies what's going on. Like some days I have more work responsibilities and I'm in my business and I'm creating content and working with clients and recording podcasts and doing all those fun things. And then other days, my kids need me more. And I'm, you know, we're at the school helping in my son's kindergarten class or other days I'm volunteering. So it kind of varies like what my structure looks like. And I just try to keep it 
I don't even like the word balance. I feel like we use that word balance. I don't feel like it's like a perfect balance, like a teeter totter. I feel like it's ebb and flow and like a little bit of harmony that you have to find with your business and with your life and just trying to create it in a way that feels good to me and kind of go with my gut for what I need to accomplish that day. I try to be really good of scheduling it in my calendar too. So I know exactly what's coming up. That way I don't have to like drop a ball necessarily. Like if I'm volunteering more one day or if I'm in my business more another day or spending more time with my family, I'm able to kind of just go with emotions and know what needs to get done that day and stay super focused on what needs to happen versus trying to like get myself stressed out and trying to do all the things all at once, which I know a lot of people struggle with because it's hard to wear those different hats and to, you know, stay super involved in all the different areas and feel like at the end of the day, you still have time for yourself and what you want to accomplish and what you want to do. Like I still love to take a hot bath at the end of the night to like relax from all the things because the days can be busy and they can be, you know, a little crazy. <laughs> I say crazy, but it's like that good crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So when things feel overwhelming or stressed, how do you know that that's starting to creep up on you? That's a great question because I think there's many days where things can start to come at you and you'll have unexpected events that pop up or people that need to talk to you when you had planned to do something else. And I think I just try to structure it as best as possible and kind of go with the flow. Like if I have to put something else on the back burner or move something around, knowing that I still have plenty of time to make changes and it doesn't have to be like set in stone. I used to beat myself up a little bit if I would put something on my calendar and then I would do something else during that time instead of what I was supposed to be doing. And I found that I have to give myself some grace and know like, okay, if I didn't accomplish this task that I wanted to do, like it's okay to come back to it later or move it to tomorrow or move it to Friday and not worry that it's not going to get done. Just know that it didn't get done in this moment, but know that I have that ability to move things around and make it work for me. It doesn't have to be like overwhelming and stressful just because it didn't happen when I originally thought it would. It's more of just having that balance where I'm not beating myself up. I'm giving myself that grace to know that I can move it to a different day and that it still gets done. It's just a matter of maybe not getting done in the same time frame that I had originally planned for it. Right. That's so, so important to have that flexibility and that awareness, the awareness that it's not an emergency. It, yeah. Like it can wait. I know I have that feeling like everything has to be done right now. Like if I have a goal for six months from now, I want to start doing it right now. Even though I have goals for today and this week and this month that aren't six months from now, it's like when you have something new, sometimes it's really exciting. And it's like, I want it all right now. <laughs> yes. You want to jump in and dive in and like get your hands dirty and start doing it. But yeah, like you said, sometimes the goal is like six months out and you don't have to do it all in one short setting. Like you can break it up and do it over time without having to worry that it's not going to get done too. <laughs> right. And not stressing ourselves out about it. <laughs> yeah. And that flexibility is so important. I'm glad you brought up that word because I think that's something that I value is like, I guess it's part of my core value system at this point. I started my own business so that I could have that flexibility with my kids with their school schedule. So I could volunteer and give back to my community that I could do all these different things. And I think so often we're so trained. I know like when I worked in retail management, I didn't have any flexibility. I pretty much had to be at work 60 plus hours a week. And like my life was flexible around my job. We're now I love that I have the ability to like have the flexibility with my family, with my business, 
and with everything else. It's not kind of set in stone where I'm like, I have to be responsible to be on someone else's time, you know, from nine to five or nine to seven or whatever that looked like back then. And I can do it on my pace now and have that flexibility. I love tucking my kids in bed at night. And like, that was the number one reason I started my business was because I was like, I want to be home and I don't want to miss those special moments. And now I can do that. And yeah, my flexibility can vary each week. Like sometimes I might, you know, be out of town for a conference or I might be at a networking event or I might be volunteering in the evenings, but it's because of my choice and because my heart wants to be there, not because somebody else is making me do it or telling me that I have to do it. So that flexibility is such a big key piece, I think, especially as a mom for myself, I never gave myself grace with that. And now I completely dive into it. And I'm like, it's totally okay to be flexible. It's totally okay to move things around. And not every day has to look the same. And if it doesn't go exactly as planned, that's okay, too. I love that. You keep saying the word grace. And I think it's about harmony and grace, just like you said, and being graceful with others and with yourself. But it sounds like it wasn't always that graceful and peaceful. And you didn't have as much freedom in the past. Could you tell us about a time when you were under a lot of pressure and you were able to turn it around into an opportunity? Yeah. I think the first thing that pops to mind for me is when I did work retail management, my oldest son, who's 24 now, it was just me and him for the first 10 years of his life. It was just me and him. I wasn't married. I didn't have any other kids yet. And I was working retail management 60 plus hours a week. And I was struggling with finding like that balance between being a great mom and being home. And like I was just saying a minute ago, like tucking him in bed and I didn't miss like his first steps, but all those like mom moments that I wanted to be there for, like, I felt like I was missing things. I was like, oh, he's so cute. You know, he learned how to feed himself or he learned how to do all these different things. And because of the demand that I had with my retail job, I was gone for a lot of that. And I beat myself up a ton during that time because I wanted to be great at my job, which I was like, I loved my job. I love the people that I worked with and I love the type of work that I did, but I wanted to have that balance and be home with him. And I didn't want to miss out on those pieces. And it was super overwhelming for me because I try not to be a perfectionist, but I think that I have that piece of me where I'm always, you know, I was trying to excel at work. I was trying to excel at being a mom. I was trying to excel at just being like a good daughter and a sister and a friend with my family and with my close friends. And I was overwhelmed with trying to give a piece of me to everybody that I was almost showing up in a way that I wasn't able to give enough to anybody. You know how you get to that point where you're like doing so much for everybody else and you're trying to do everything that you do nothing great. <laughs> or maybe that's just me, but that's what it felt like. It was no, like, I'm not, not be- just you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not being a great mom. I'm not being a great employee at that point. I wasn't being a great friend and I kept beating myself up. I was like overwhelmed, exhausted, frustrated, and tired. And it took a lot for me to like finally realize this is not the life that I want to lead. This isn't how I am meant to lead my life. Like I don't want to work all these crazy hours and miss out on pieces of my life. I want to be able to have that balance that I keep bringing up, but having that work-life balance where it feels really good. And I was overwhelmed and stressed and it showed in so many different areas of my life. And it took a lot of time to like realize how do I get away from this? What do I need to change? What do I need to do? And for me, a big piece of that was looking at starting my own business and stepping away from working for somebody else so that I could kind of lean more into those values for myself and what I wanted to accomplish in life versus trying to do that for somebody else. 
Right. And when you say retail management, sometimes you have to go to work in the morning and sometimes you have to be there late at night and sometimes it's the middle of the day and you eat all of your meals at work. Yes. So is that the kind of schedule you're talking about when you talk about crazy hours? I do. Yeah. So I worked one shift would be like you just said, 5 a.m. to 3 or 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And then the next day I would come in at like 10 a.m. and I'd work till 7 or 8 p.m. And then the next day I would work like a closing shift and be there from like 2 p.m. to midnight. And even at one point I was working at the Gap at Caesars Palace at the Forum Shop and the mall there was open from 10 a.m. to midnight. So I would work like the most insane shifts. Like some nights I would get off work at two in the morning and then I'd be back at the store the next day for like a 9 a.m. opening store shift. (laughs) So yeah, the hours were intense and they were always changing, which I think was the hardest part for me is I don't do well when I don't get great sleep. And Mm -hmm. my sleep schedule was all over the place because some nights I was going to bed at, you know, a normal time, like maybe, you know, between like 9, 10, 11 o'clock. And then other days I wasn't getting to bed till three or four in the morning. And waking up at different times. And for me, I go to bed at 1030. And I like to wake up at about like seven. Now that's a good sleep cycle for me. And when I don't get that sleep cycle, I can tell that my body's reacting and I'm not performing at my best or I'm a little bit like groggy or sleepy or grumpy or a little bit extra edgy. (laughs) So yeah, it definitely played a huge part not having a steady sleep schedule. You can relate. I know with your past career, you worked probably different hours and long shifts, and it just takes a toll on your body, I think, at some point. It really does. I mean, shift work in general, but being awake at weird hours of the night or not even having a regular routine. And I know my first job ever, I worked at American Eagle Outfitters at the mall, and (laughs) I remember going in after school and staying until like 10 o'clock at night. And then getting up and going to school in the morning. But I remember the managers too. It was always a different manager working with me. And sometimes they were opening, sometimes they were closing, sometimes they were working in the middle of the day. So I remember that it wasn't a set schedule for them. And I was always working with someone different. And that meant that they needed to be flexible. So when was it in your career that you decided to start your own company and leave the career that you had built? Yeah. So I had been in retail management. I always forget when I start talking about it, but I think it was like 10 to 12 years. I had been in retail management and I knew I wanted to change, but I was so comfortable in my job and with the way that things were going with my career. And I had kept advancing inside the company as well, that I never was willing to take that jump, right? I always had that little bit of fear in me going, well, I have a great job. I make great money. I'm providing this great life for my son. I don't need to make any changes. And it wasn't until I lost my mom suddenly in an accident that my whole world kind of got shaken up. My mom was in a car accident July 4th, 2001, and she passed away that day. And my oldest son was five years old at the time, and he was in the car with her. And he survived, thank God. The story could be like so different, I guess, in a whole nother level. But he was taken to emergency surgery for trauma and he was okay, thank goodness. But it was during that time frame, those couple of weeks after losing my mom and being at the hospital with my son and going through that experience, it was like a huge awakening for me. There was a moment at my mom's funeral where I still remember after the like service part of it, we had walked down to the burial site and I was at the front of the group of people that were following. And I just had this moment where I turned around for whatever reason. And I saw like a sea of people. There were so many people that came to my mom's service that had loved her and, you know, 
were celebrating her life with us that day. And it was in that moment that I just, I almost melted right there. I was like, I have to make a change. I want to be able to live the life that I want to on my terms and not have to do what other people want me to do. And I want to be able to leave a legacy like my mom had done and have so much support and influence and have made so many amazing connections. I just wanted more out of my life. And that was kind of like my turning moment where I started really researching and looking into ways that I could switch things up a little bit and do things in a different way. Wow. I am sorry to hear that that happened, but it sounds like it was a second chance for you. Yeah. It's one of those moments like I wish that I would have had that second chance so many other ways. But when yeah. I look back at it, it was definitely a place where I really realized in that moment how short life is and how you have to just be brave and go out there and do the things that you want to do and don't let fear hold you back. And if I didn't want to keep working 60 plus hours a week and missing these things, what was I going to do about it? How was I going to change that? And it was then mm -hmm. that like, I wasn't lazy about it anymore. Like it wasn't like just like a dream in the back of my mind. I was actually starting to take some action and to start making the steps forward to switch things up and start doing things the way that I wanted to. And I didn't do it immediately. I wish I could say like that day I went back and quit my job. And <laughs> it was a slower <laughs> process. It still took a couple of years, but it was during that time where I really started researching what kind of career do I want to do? What types of things lit me up? I started seeing like, what actually was I passionate about that would make me want to get up out of bed in the morning and, you know, go out there and do it. And that's kind of how I came into business coaching and found a career that I didn't even know I was doing. Because when I looked back at it, I was already coaching and mentoring and developing all of these employees because my job in retail management was always HR operations, training and development. So I had learned all these skills and was applying them, but I had no idea what a coach was, let alone a business coach. And so when the opportunity found me to start a business coaching practice, I was like, oh my gosh, I got so super excited. I was like, I didn't even know this whole entire career existed and I've been doing it my whole entire life, but I was doing it for somebody else. <laughs> And now I can do it for me and get paid and work the hours that I want to work and do it on my time and still be home with my kids in the evenings. It was like this huge moment for me where I was like, oh my gosh, this can actually work. I don't have to keep doing it the way that I grew up seeing everybody else do it. I didn't know anybody else really that had their own business. I think I had one family friend who he owned a construction business. But other than that, everybody that I knew went to work and they came home and they went to work and they came home. And it was like that vicious cycle constantly. And it was then where I was like, oh, there's like light at the end of this tunnel. That's amazing. And two years is not that long. I know people who have stayed in their jobs that they hated for 40 years or stayed married to someone that they couldn't stand for 20 years. And so <laughs> when you put it into perspective, like two years is really fast, especially when you took the time to discover what you enjoyed doing, why it was going to be different from what you were already doing. And yeah. you didn't know anybody who was already doing this. It was kind of like the idea had to present itself to okay. you. And I can relate so much because I feel like I've been a coach my entire life. And then I didn't know that it was a whole profession. <laughs> right. Why didn't anybody That's tell what, us about this earlier? <laughs> right. Why did anyone tell me I've been working my whole life? <laughs> <laughs> and I think back to like, even to high school, I was always that friend where if somebody had a question or wanted to talk something out. They came to me and I'm like, I've literally been this person my whole entire life. Like it's in my DNA. It's what I'm supposed to do. I'm passionate about it. I love doing it. 
and I've been doing it, but nobody told me I could get paid for it. <laughs> right. And it's easy for you and people yeah. appreciate that you help them with those things. So that's so amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Like it's and so cool to see how it transpires over time. I agree. Like two years really isn't that long because I hear so many stories where people wait decades before they make the change. But I think back sometimes and I'm like, I almost wanted to just stop and quit at that moment and be like, no, I'm doing something different. But thank goodness I was smart enough to realize like I still had to have an income and I had to provide for myself. <laughs> I couldn't just right. quit. <laughs> and you were grieving. So I think yeah. that allowing yourself the time to grieve and not making any drastic decisions when you were grieving was really a smart choice, like not yeah. to be reactive, but to be really intentional. Yeah. And that's such a good point too, because when I think back that year, the first year after losing my mom, so many pieces of it were a blur. I went through the motions of life. I did stuff still, but like, I don't remember all the things that even happened during that time, because you're right, the grieving process just takes over. And it took so much time for me to understand and wrap my head around how that could happen, why it would happen. Why did it happen to me? Those are the things that you hear other people on the news happens to them. But when it hits so close to home, you don't know how to move through that process and really to allow yourself to grieve and to figure out what that new stage of life looks like. Right. And especially when it's unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. And she was young. She was 49 years old. She had so much life left to live. You think back, I'm like, I have three more kids now that didn't even get a chance to know her or meet her. And it's hard. This summer will be 19 years since she's passed away. I still think about it. And I'm like, my kids are missing out on so much and I'm missing out on all those lessons that I wish I would have learned from her because I was in my early 20s when she passed away. And I'm like, I'm sure I was still at that point where I was still being stubborn and not listening to everything my mom said <laughs> because I thought I knew better. <laughs> and I'm like, I still need her. Why is she not here? Mm. But yeah. What are some ways that you're able to celebrate her life now and in the last 19 years? Yeah, we still celebrate. Like I love to celebrate her birthday. I love to tell my kids stories about their grandma and the amazing woman that she was because she was one of my best friends. We had such a good time together. She always made me laugh. She was just a fun person. She loved to be in the kitchen. If you came over for dinner or even just came over to visit, she would be trying to put together an appetizer tray so that she could entertain whoever had come to visit. And she wanted to like hear stories. And so I like to do that with my kids now, you know, remember her and share some of those memories. Some of the special memories that I have is like we grew up going camping every single summer. And so I still love to go camping and I love to bring my kids to different places. And we bought a toy hauler so that we could go camping even more. And we like to go up to the beach and to the mountains. But I try to make some of those memories that I got to make with my mom and recreate them to a new degree with my kids now, too. So that's some of the ways that we like to kind of keep our memory alive, which is so fun. Because yeah. even though they don't know her, they know her because we share stories and we talk about her. And like my daughter is named after her. Her middle name is my mom's first name. My daughter thinks that's the coolest thing ever, that her middle name was her grandma's. And she always says, you know, I wish I would have got to meet grandma. I think that we would have had so much fun together. I just smile because I'm like, yeah, it would have been such a great experience for you to like have that connection. Like when I think back to my childhood, even my grandparents were so special to me and I was so close with them. They don't get a chance to have that relationship too. But I try to be like that bridge, I guess, to have those memories of her still live on. That's amazing that you're doing that through storytelling. And as a business coach, you help other people tell their stories in an impactful way that makes them stand out. 
yeah. to their audience. I do. I just love stories. The best way to build relationships and to stay connected and to let memories live on, I think, is through stories. I still can remember being a kid and like hearing stories from my grandparents about, you know, their younger days or things that happened when they were kids, being around campfires, camping with my mom and telling, you know, ghost stories or telling stories. It's such a fun way just to build community and like have people around you. So yeah, I guess stories have always been like a piece of me and what I love to listen to and what I like to tell as well. That's so amazing. So tell us a little bit about how you help other people tell their stories through the work that you're doing as a business coach. Do you have a framework or what's your process like? Yeah. So when someone's working with you, a lot of my clients are online service-based entrepreneurs and they're struggling a lot of times with getting the visibility and getting their name out there basically. So a lot of the work that I do with them is help them get really clear on who their ideal clients are, help them with their messaging And a big piece of that that makes them unique is their story is the one thing that sets them apart from the competition, right? There's a lot of people that do the same type of work that I do, the same type of work that you do, and everybody else is doing out there. But that one key piece that people forget about that makes them different and makes them unique and has them standing out is their story. Each of us have had different life experiences. We've had different things happen to us. We've lived through different scenarios, right? Everybody's gone through a different life and have seen their life through a different lens. So I think it's so important that my clients figure out what their story is and share that in their messaging, share that when they're being interviewed on podcasts, when they're writing blog posts, like use those personal stories because that's what's going to resonate. That's what's going to connect with them to really attract people in and help them stand out when they're doing their marketing online. So most of the work I do with them is really just digging deep into identifying what stories they want to share, which ones actually matter. Brene Brown says to share from the scar, not from the wound, which I think is brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I use that with my clients too, because there's some stories that you just don't need to share as you're growing a business, right? Like there's some stories that you can, you know, keep to yourself. You don't have to share like all the skeletons in your closet. You don't have to share (laughs) when you're in the moment of it. You know, if you're going through a situation in your life, I couldn't talk about losing my mom 19 years ago. There's no way I could, you know, tell the story like I do today. It would have just been a blubbering mess probably. (laughs) Right. But there is a time and a place. And I teach my clients to create what I call a story bank and just have a notebook or a journal or a Trello board or something where they can go in and write stories down and they can go back and use those stories when it's appropriate for them. And when they're in a place where they can talk about it because they've come to the other side of it. I hear a lot of entrepreneurs just tell stories online and sometimes you're like, well, why would you tell that story? It's super raw and emotional and you could tell like they weren't ready to tell it. Yeah. And so I just like to give my clients a place where they can think through their stories, know exactly which ones to tell, keep a story bank for stories that they aren't ready to tell yet, or maybe they don't even have the right reason to tell the story, right? Like we don't want to just tell a story to tell a story when we're marketing our business. We want it to have a point. There needs to be a reason behind it that connects to their audience and it's going to resonate with their audience versus just telling a story to tell a story. Like it's one thing if you're at a campfire and you're telling a story for fun, but if you're growing an online business or marketing your business for a brick and mortar business, you want to attract people in that are your type of people. They're going to understand and resonate with you. So a lot of my framework is helping them get crystal clear on that. And then also I help my clients, like once they know their story and they're able to start becoming more visible, I help them with creating offers 
and making sure they have the right information on their website. So when somebody comes to their website, they can get to know who they are quickly just by going to their website and helping them with like a six month action plan and making sure they know exactly what steps to do, when to do it and how to grow their business. They're not taking in all the noise that we see online, right? Because a lot of people try to puzzle piece their business together because they're taking a breadcrumb from something that I say, something that you say, something from another influencer, and then they struggle with knowing what to actually do and how to show up. So I try to make it a seamless process for them so they know how to create a solid foundation for their business. They have the offers that they want to create and they make it in a way that you know is attractable to their ideal clients. And then they actually have a plan to follow so they don't have to guess what they're working on and when they're working on it because we have a solid plan that's built out so they know what they're doing every month, every week, every day, every hour. And they don't have to guess at it anymore because I think so many people are they wake up and they're like, well, how am I going to grow this business today? And if you don't have a plan of some sort, I feel like it can be a really long process to get to where you want to go. You can still get there a lot of the times, but you can do it in such a more quick fashion when you have a solid plan that actually works and is proven to. That's so true. And I was listening to you talk about storytelling and vulnerability, and it made me think of the quote from Maya Angelou, where she says, people won't remember what you said or what you did, but they will remember how you made them feel. And I think when you tell stories, not you, but when people tell stories in general about things that they haven't worked through yet, the emotion that they're experiencing right then in that moment comes through in their words and when they're speaking about it. And it creates more sympathy rather than yeah. empowerment or inspiration or motivation because that's the emotion that that person is sitting with. It's grief or anger or frustration or anxiety or loneliness or whatever is going on with them. That's what other people are going to feel. And so really thinking about with your brand, what do you want people to feel when they're around your content and yes. working through the stories, kind of reverse engineering it from that? Yeah, that's such a great point because yeah, they can feel every emotion that you're sharing, right? And if it's the wrong emotions and it's not an emotion that your brand is known for or what you're trying to put out there, then yeah, they're going to feel into that and they might go, oh, I'm so sorry that you experienced that and I'm so sorry, but they might not resonate as far as becoming a client or wanting to lean in and learn more about how you do your business. Right, right. So it can be a huge loss of credibility in some cases. If it's not on brand or it's not aligned. Yeah. So it's really important for people to pay attention to that part of what Darlene was telling us about stories and speaking from the scar instead of the wound. Yeah. When I heard that phrase, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's so good. Brene's brilliant anyways. But like for the work that I do, when I heard it, I was like, oh, I can totally see how that applies to storytelling. And like when you're sharing your story, why it's so important to be ready to tell the story and not just tell it because you feel like you have to say something to fill that void. And so many people just keep talking and they keep sharing and they overshare and they overdo all these things. And then afterwards, they're like, oh, like maybe I didn't need to tell all that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So at the end of working with you or at the end of reading one of your posts or listening to one of your videos, because I know you create a lot of content what do you hope people feel after engaging with your brand? Yeah, I have them feel that they can have the confidence and the motivation and the encouragement that they need to move forward 
I try to make my brand fun, but get stuff done and do it in a way that feels good to them. I'm really big on not just doing what everybody should be doing, but listening to your gut and feeling into the next decision that you're going to make for your business so that you can make the right choice for you and not just do something because somebody else is doing it. Don't start a podcast or don't create a whole new interview series or do a summit because you see all the other influencers doing this. Like do it because you actually want to get up out of bed in the morning and do that type of work so that you can show up in a way that's really genuine and authentic to who you are. Because I think probably one of the most important things I want my clients to know, there's just so much information and so many ways you could do things, but do it in the way that feels good for you so that you can show up as your most authentic true self. And that I've always felt like is what makes people attract towards other people is because they're doing things in a way that's so genuine that they're like, yes, like this person is doing this amazing work and I want to work with them or I want to learn more. And they're leaning in and they're excited versus just being, oh, that sounds cool. And they keep walking or they keep doing whatever they're doing because they don't have the ability to make that connection with them. Right. And I love how that kind of brings us full circle back to the beginning of our interview where you were talking about how you wanted to be the best mom, the best friend, the best daughter, the best employee. And because you were trying so hard to be the best everything and not caring for yourself while caring about other people, you ended up not doing any of them really well. And it sounds like now you help your clients figure out how they can take care of themselves and still do all the things. Yeah but do them in the best way for them where they don't end up being bad at all of them because they're spreading themselves so thin, but they're really focusing on what is going to move the needle forward for me at the stage of business that I'm in and I can still have a life. Yeah. And so many people don't realize that they can do all the things and you don't have to like be a perfectionist. You don't have to be an overachiever. It's just about showing up and, you know, giving from your heart. And when I think back, I felt like I was overwhelmed. I felt like I wasn't the best in all those different areas, but I was still giving the best that I had at that time in all those areas. And now it's such a different life and maybe it's a different shift in perspective too. Like as an entrepreneur, I've learned and worked so much on self-development and like getting myself to the place that I'm at today. But I feel like I can show up in all these different areas. And yeah, there's a lot going on in any given day, but I'm not overwhelmed anymore. I don't feel like I'm stressed. I can still work on my business, work with clients, go volunteer, take my kids to baseball and do all these different things. It's rewarding now. It's a different feeling inside of me. Like I'm still busy. I'm still got a lot going on, but it's on my terms. It's not somebody else's. And I think that's one of the biggest things for me that I needed was I just needed to be able to do it my way and not have somebody tell me how to do it. That's amazing. And you did it. You're doing it your way, which I think is so incredible. Yes. Yeah, it's so good to do it. (laughs) And we all want that, right? We want to be able to create these lives. Like our life is so short. I know that it can change in an instant. And we get to Mm -hmm. choose like how we wake up, how we want to live that day. And some days, you know, we make the wrong choices and we might be grumpy and let things get to us. But for the most part, we get to choose how we react and how we live our lives. And that's such a beautiful thing that we get to do. And I want more people to experience that and to know that it doesn't have to be whatever way that you feel like it is. Like if you're feeling overwhelmed or feeling stressed all the time, look at it from a different perspective, take a different lens and look at it and see what you can change for yourself so that you are showing up in a way that feels good 
and you don't feel burnt out. You don't feel the stress of it anymore because you're just being you and you're giving the best of you into every single bucket that you have in your life, no matter what you have going on. That's amazing. And as we wind down our interview, I like to end with a few fun rapid fire questions. And I just want you to say, yeah, say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. What does it mean to feel successful to you? To be successful for me is just living my life the way that I want to and being the best version of me as a mom and as a business owner. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part for success is just doing it my way. And it doesn't have to look like anybody else's. It doesn't have to be anything extra special. It just needs to be what I want and what my goals are. And what is something you've accomplished that you're most proud of? Oh my goodness. I think running this business is probably one of the things I'm most proud of. When I first started it, it was a big struggle for the first couple of years, getting on my feet and figuring out how to be a business owner after being an employee for so long. I think growing this business and having the success that I've had and being able to help all the amazing clients that I've had is probably one of my biggest accomplishments. And what are you most looking forward to this year? Oh my goodness. I don't know. All of it. (laughs) Ah, I don't know. I think just continuing to grow my business, being in my kids' lives and like doing fun stuff. We have a couple of fun vacations coming up this spring and this summer that I'm super looking forward to just living every day. (laughs) (laughs) And what advice would you give to your younger self? Don't worry what everybody else is doing and don't try to fit in. I spent so much time as a teenager feeling like I had to fit in with the crowd that I had a hard time as an entrepreneur breaking that mold and being okay with not doing what everybody else is doing and doing things my way. So if I was to go back, I would definitely... And I think I drill this into my daughter too, because I see her try to like follow what other people are doing. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Do it your way. You know, be (laughs) you and don't try to be your best friend and don't try to like wear clothes because they're wearing them. Just show up and be you. And I wish I would have known that because it took me a long time as an entrepreneur to do things my way and not feel like I had to follow what everybody else was doing. And that held me back a bit. So I would definitely have given my younger self that advice to just be me, show up just as me. Who cares what everybody else is doing and how they're doing it? And the last question, what's the best way our listeners can get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me on my website at darleneholly.com. But I love to hang out on Instagram. So if you're an Instagrammer, come follow me there at darleneholly. And then I also have a Facebook group where I interview people from my community for my podcast and for an interview series that I have. So you can come follow me there and join the community and make great relationships. And if you want to be interviewed and get your story out there, I would love to help them share their story as well. Awesome. I will put all of those links in the show notes. And thank you so much, Darlene, for coming on the show and for sharing your story and telling us some tips for our listeners. It was so fun, Tara. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you want to let me know what you'd like to hear about on the show, DM me on Instagram at Tara Ray Bradford or find me on LinkedIn. And if you want to check out the links and everything from the show, go on over to handleeverything.com. Thank you all so much for listening in. I super appreciate you. Be sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already and leave us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts so that more high achievers like you can find the show. And thank you again to Darlene Holly for being on the show and thank you 
to everyone listening in. You're amazing, and I am so proud of you for being able to manage all of the things on your plate. From me and the podcast team, make today the best day. Hey, in case I haven't said thank you enough yet, thanks for listening to the Handle Everything podcast at handleeverything.com. 